behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something, because let's be honest, you do. Nicole Briggs here, and I have one of my favorite co-hosts and guests today. Fun fact, Quentin Roper Servant was my very first exposure to podcasting, and he was ahead of his time with Nobody Dances here in Chicago, because who could have predicted that radio, old as vintage radio, would make a comeback? Now you even have every celebrity making one, even Michelle Obama herself has a podcast. So you're a trendsetter, Quentin. Welcome back to the show. I know, everybody has a podcast now. I know, I remember getting on the Nasty L in Chicago. Just all kinds of nasty right in downtown to an actual studio. The fun thing about Quentin's show is you can have a live audience, so it could be truly lit. You know, drinky drink in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was fun. I miss that. Yeah. Now we're all just quarantined in the house. I know. It's a new year. A new decade of America. So just so everyone knows, I'm in LA. Quentin is in New York, not to be confused, because we're no longer in Chicago. Uh, what's happening with COVID in New York? I know it's more of the same, but any any developments? Oh, it's on a decline. We're in a good place. New York is doing well. New York, you said New York is in a good place? Mm-hmm. We're on the decline. Thank you, Cuomo. Yeah, I think we're... I think we are have some of the worst numbers but also California is such a huge and spread out state that weird places like Orange County which we call the other county are uh, that's where all of the Karens who are arguing about masks are so that makes sense that the numbers are up down there but on better topics this is you have to wear something we talk about clothes on here and as we all know from previous um, episodes. I was trying to do the fashion journalist thing. I've been a wardrobe stylist. I've been many different things, either in fashion or retail. And it is very rough for women, especially if you're a melanated woman. So today we're going to talk a little bit about trends. The trends that eventually become classics and that are outright stolen from black and brown people and frankly, poor communities. Um, so hip hop is still the most absorbed music and culture to this day, gave birth to a look and most of it came from New York, your, where you live, your hometown, your new hometown, let's be honest. Yep. And Fresh Dress documentary from 2015 did a decent job of celebrating the originators like Dapper Dan, glad he's getting his flowers, glad he's still alive so they could be working with Gucci with his own atelier in Harlem and um, you know so basically every time you see logos on clothing that's Dap y'all just Dapper Dan's creation and um, it talked about other pioneers like Fubu, Carlton I, Cross Colors um, all black men that I, I honor and um, but as always particularly black women were left out of the conversation 
So with that said, I was very, very, very hyped to watch uh, the documentary, The Remix, Hip Hop Times Fashion, directed by Lisa Cortez and Farah X, or Farah Kali. Um, so it's directed by a black woman and a Persian woman. Um, Lisa Cortez is of um, precious fame and a bunch of many other things. She's a very, very humble black woman who's worked behind the scenes on a bunch of uh, very important projects. And then Farah X has done work with Janet Jackson and Beyonce and a lot of other different people too. So this was long overdue. They didn't really talk so much about June Ambrose, but I think it was good that we were finally having the Misa Hilton conversation. Um, so similar to June Ambrose, Misa is like the architect of like so many black girl magic scrappiness, making something out of nothing, staying true to black and hip hop culture and the way that black women interpret it. And the documentary also talks about um, April Walker. So when you watched it, um, Quentin, what, like, did you know about Misa? Did you know about April? I didn't realize that Misa did so much. And I didn't know that April Walker was the person that started Walker Wear. I didn't know these were women. Yeah. Um, so what I love, first of all, about this project, just to even take it back, and it's the same thing that I love about, like, Black is King and the things that are happening right now, which we're in the middle of a new renaissance in my opinion i think all of this noise that we're making this year in 2020 you know 2020 sucks but 2020 is a blessing in disguise because a lot of fuck shit in tv culture art music pretty much every industry is coming to light um even things that are going on you know with things on set at ellen and things like that so you know as crappy as it is to be sheltered in place because of covid um, we're going to start 2021, hopefully, with a lot of gifts and a lot of uh, reform and change in all industries. And so, yeah, I mean, when you think about hip hop, it's a male dominant, kind of testosterone driven, you know, music. And I, I like it. I have a love hate with it because it gives, it gave like the black man a voice to be a poet and to let out his frustration things that were happening in the neighborhood in his community etc on the other side it can be really misogynistic it could be very transphobic homophobic you know th- those are the problems with hip-hop that it, you know it really it has evolved but it is evolving at, at a at a snail's pace so april april really didn't want um anyone knowing that a woman was running her company until it got to a certain point and i I relate to that frustration because, you know, I sold streetwear through Shrink. And for a long time, not only did I not want them to know that I was a woman, I didn't want them to know that I was a black woman because nothing deflates a room like black people coming in, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> like we're show up and it's like, uh, like nothing disappoints a crowd, especially white people when it's a, a woman or a black woman or a black man or a, or black people. So, um, I relate to that, and everyone was like, no, you should be the face of it, you should be supreme at the top of your lawn, it's a black business, and I'm like, no, you don't understand, and I had a lot of white customers, and every once in a while, they'd be like, oh, you know, I thought this was a white business, which shouldn't be a compliment, but it's kind of like a backhanded compliment, like, 
I didn't know that a black person had taste like this. And so I, I totally get that anxiety around trying to hide your gender and your race, which is, you know, like being marginalized twice for black women. Um, oh, that just makes me so up. sad. I know. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's depressing. A sad, it's sad, right? It's really depressing. Yeah, it's really, it's really awful. Um, so... This is why we need a black woman as vice president, Joe Biden. You're listening. (laughs) Joe Biden religiously listens to You Have to Wear Something. It's like his favorite podcast. Uh, If you don't listen to You Have to Wear Something, you're not really black. Um, Oh. so, (laughs) So I was so happy that this came out because the conversation about style and hip-hop and everything it's always about men and back to what I was saying about production before I went on a tangent about being a a black female business owner is that this whole project 90% of the production team was women women of color um that's I don't know why we needed yeah I don't know I don't know why we needed Farrah but I, I consider her an ally so I'm not gonna trip so much I, I, I don't what like, you doing here <laughs> I don't like when it's like we need this ally to affirm and validate that this project needs to be greenlit or this project is valuable because Farrah's attached to it you know like I, I don't like this okay let me get an in and it needs to be someone that's not black. Like, I, I, that I don't like, but we still have to do what we have to do. And if it means bringing in allies to help support a project, then it's 100% necessary. The, um, you know, the reward definitely is worth it. But doesn't Fair X and, predominantly work with a lot of black talent? Yeah, and this is the thing too, it, that's really interesting about fashion and styling. like. Misa didn't even know that styling was a career. Like, like this is how on lock, essentially white people have on so many different industries, so many creative industries. Misa didn't even know there's something you could get paid for, that there was a name for it. Um, and, and that's fucked up. That's how the, the door is so locked that we don't even know what we don't know. Yeah, I didn't know what a creative director was or what a producer was until I actually got into my field. Exactly. And um, just so everyone knows, Quentin is this huge I'm not huge. Exec. I'm not an exec. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> She's really gassing me up. He's on a path. He's on a path. I mean, you know, he's worth it. I'm about to be on a goddamn plane. Y'all keep playing with these oh, goddamn masks. No. I'm, I will be on a plane to France. Run, run Quentin's check. And give me that Duolingo update. Um, <laughs> right. But um, the thing about these industries is, you know, it does help to be dating Puff Daddy, right? And does it? And was uptown. It, it does help. Okay. So he was um, head of AR for Uptown Records, and she was a girlfriend. And she's not just the girlfriend, right? So, all you black men out there who eventually make it, there's always some girlfriend. Think about if you think about anybody, if you think about a Common or a Kanye, anybody, just pick a name out of a hat. 
there's some girlfriend that lets you borrow her car or let you use her credit. RuPaul. Jay-Z talks, Jay-Z talks about it on his songs. There's always some woman, usually a black woman, that is, you know, acting as a stair so that you could climb the ladder. You know, like, she's behind you. So, but Misa made a name for herself. If anything, Puffy needed Misa. Like, Misa was um, styling Jodeci. She was styling all of the artists on Uptown. Some of them, um, famous one, Mary J. Blige, uh, Heavy D and the Boys, um, I'll Be Sure. And at the same time, this is like Dapper Dan is also styling them. So Misa is connected with Dap. They're getting, um, you know, they're dressing singers, like rappers, instead of like in suits, which is what like a, like a, a how can I forget the same? Like Luther Vandross is wearing, you know, sequin uh, blazers, things like that. So all of the R&B singers are dressing all silky and smooth. And Misa was like, no, you should wear leather and Doc Martens and, you know, Timberlands and things like that. So she totally changed it. So now you still have everything that they created, you still see today. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it keeps coming back. Like it you know, goes away for like a year and then it just keeps coming back. Yeah, it's like crush on you. And then I love how, you know, like for instance, Crystal was like, I don't care if rappers drink it. We, we don't necessarily want black people drinking our champagne. And Tommy Hilfiger, I know he's trying to rebrand now, but you know, he was like, he doesn't really want black people or rappers or hip hop you know, the hip-hop community in his clothing. We remember that. We ain't never going to forget. When did he say that? Um, He said that back when it was becoming popular. Like, everyone thought that rap was going to be this fad, it's going to come and go, go away. And it's just not going to go away. Like, black music doesn't go away. It just evolves, you know? And um, they were taking all of these ideas and then saying that they didn't want to fuck with us and then putting them on the runway taking credit but just not on black people so as long as no one black was involved in executing the look or putting it on the runway or modeling it they were fine with that so this is when you see like you know uh, Sean John coming out and Baby Fat and all of you know all of those brands uh, FUBU and Walker wear and all of that. Um, but people in the culture, they know like certain things, like for instance, Crush on You. Nobody was doing a monochromatic look. That was considered ghetto to have like a matching wig and a matching fur and matching outfit all one color. That was considered very pimpish and very, very I ghetto. I thought it was pimpish. Um, well, yeah. And, you know, pimps are considered ghetto. So, but pimps know, got money. Until, you know, Gucci or Fendi or Louis Vuitton does it, then it's no longer ghetto, then it's luxury. But um, that whole look actually comes from The Wiz, which, like people being fantastic again, um, our version of The Wiz of Oz was, of course, more popping. And so um, that scene with Quincy Jones and everyone's in gold and, and everything's monochromatic that's where the idea for crush on you comes from but i mean you know honestly to to the white listeners do, did you grow up watching the wiz most likely not 
Most likely not. So, you know, there's all these, like, things that are very specific to Black culture that end up trends and people don't even know where they came from. You know, the colorful wigs. Because now you see pretty much everyone doing colorful wigs. I mean, especially Cardi B. Cardi B is doing a colorful wig with Louis Vuitton logos in the wig, which comes directly from, from Misa. Um, what I, Another thing that's so annoying is how long it takes for black people to get recognition especially black women like now you could say oh it's a happy ending like Dapper Dan got us atelier and Misa Hilton is now creative director for MCM and she created the bustier for ape shit and June Ambrose worked on ape shit it's not a happy ending it shouldn't take this long to be recognized to get credit to get paid I mean like in the documentary I mean we still lost our house I, I don't like how long it takes isn't, isn't it annoying don't you feel like it takes three times as long for a black person especially a black creative to get to a certain point in their career yeah I just hate thinking about it to be honest yeah I mean it, it's just one of one of those things it, and you have to be like resilient like I'm so glad that April and Misa kind of kept doing it even when they weren't getting any attention or if they weren't getting work they kind of stayed but at they're it. passionate about it you have to be passionate yeah it's like patience and um, persistence and, and what people don't realize is everything you do there's always like a chain reaction like even after Dapper Dan got raided and he was sued for copyright infringement and he had to go on the road and he had to get scrapped. But he took that he, stuff he, on the road like a G. <laughs> it's like, I, was, I got bills to you pay. You have to be a G. I just want everyone to know He's this, like, like, what like, pandemic? <laughs> exactly. Like, I just want everyone to realize that what, what being a hustler, what that really means being scrappy is like, being an entrepreneur is, is about what you do when times are bad. Like, right now. Like, the thing that Dean Ice did with the, you know, club quarantine, and that created the whole. That took oh, you love you some club quarantine. I she love got the VIP access. But you have to remember that, like, Dean Ice, who was in BDP, and who outfitted BDP, Dapper Dan. You know, it's like everything is connected, and black people take their culture very seriously, and I think that the white collective, the average white person, um, people are a lot more woke now. I hate that word woke. But people are a lot more aware of where things come from now instead of just putting the bending bendy on your head because Gwen Stefani wore it or wearing feathers at Coachella. Like, they're a little bit not all the way, but they're a little bit more sensitive to where things come from now. Um, appropriation versus appreciation. That's like a needs to be an ongoing conversation because you know things everything comes from somewhere it's a chain reaction and so it, even when no one is paying attention to what Mises is doing or it, it's a downturn and, and there's not a lot of work you just have to kind of keep going and the number one thing that Dab said he said I've never sold my brownstone in Harlem and that's the number one thing that has kept uh, that's the smartest thing he could have done because now Harlem 
yeah, Harlem is just not Harlem. What is Harlem right it's now? It's a white neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> you mean gentrified? No, it's, it's gentrification's over. It's it's white. I think I was the last one to leave. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you were the last one. <laughs> like, okay, we'll migrate. Nice. No, I think Dap is. I think at the end of the day, Dap ain't never going to sell his uh, brownstone. It's going to be Dapper Dads and all the other races. But it was an interesting conversation, too, about gentrification. We talk about where hip-hop came from. So hip-hop comes out of those boroughs, right? And they were talking to... They were interviewing Pierre X on this panel and Misa... And uh, they were like, what do you, how do you think that this affects, because people don't realize like this affects communities. If black creatives are, when they're able to shine, when they're able to have their projects funded and greenlit, it feeds everybody. Like Black is King has created a wave of opportunity for probably hundreds of black people. Like a bunch of stylists moved to LA permanently from that project like it's a way that you create it's not just one person that benefits the whole community everybody eats everybody eats and that's 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 the beauty of you know black and brown communities is that for the most part we spread the love and and it's just it's just messed up when you do one person it's not about one person getting a job that person is there to represent and open doors for somebody else that, that, that's really what you're doing Quentin even though the work you do is hard in TV and there's not a lot of you at the top everything you're doing is still uh, a part of progress well progress is exhausting it is it's tired we, we this year, especially, we're 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 very fucking tired. We're very tired this year. But yeah, they were on a, a panel, and it was kind of like an awkward thing because the question was, "Well, how do you see this benefiting communities when they see gentrification and people come to New York and they just move into, uh, you know, uh, Williamsburg and they they move into uh, Brooklyn and the Bronx and." Harlem, but they don't, they're displacing the people who have created the culture that you now get paid for. Like, Farrah makes her living essentially expressing Black culture through videos, etc. And she was like, well, um, because they were like, how long, you know, New York people are so, like, real, but they they were like, how long you been in Brooklyn? How long you been in Brooklyn? And she's like, six years? And uh, she's like, sadly, I'm part of the gentrification. It was just kind of like an awkward pause there because not only does she get to kind of get paid and benefit from Black culture, she also gets to live wherever she wants to Mm -hmm. live, you know, and gentrified neighborhood, and it displaces people. I mean, you were displaced, right? Well, define displaced. I don't like the sound of that word. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like, it's like this. It's like, I don't know who said it best, I mean, we wasn't kicked out, I mean. Right, right, right. It was a choice. You had a choice. No, but it's like, people come from, you know, the Midwest, they come from Illinois, they come from Indiana, wherever, and you know, around Christmas time, a lot of these people go home. And I don't, I forgot who made the point, but they were like, "This is our home. We don't, we don't have a Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois to go back to. You displaced us out of our home. 
this is where we're originally from and that's the messed up part about gentrification is you are you're displacing communities you're not integrating you're not moving and living with them right you're politely pushing them out yeah you're politely pushing them out and you're like isn't everything so so great now we have you know salt and straws ice cream and (laughs) starbucks and it's like no no like we want our bodegas we want our beauty supplies. We want our prices you know. to stay the same. Exactly. We don't want our rent to triple. Well, COVID so. fixed that. <laughs> COVID did. Well, let, let's see. They did let those benefits um, go away. How are you going to go on a three day weekend and just not do your job? Your whole job is to serve your constituents. But anyway. I, wait, who, wait hold up. This news to me. Who had a three day weekend? the government apparently oh sorry you know I randomly decided when I'm not American and that was one of those times I'm sorry I'm American now okay that's appalling I wish they would do better and treat us better (laughs) yeah I mean I, I don't I don't have anything against people absorbing black culture, hip-hop culture. It's for everyone. Music should be universal. It should be appreciated and listened to. The problem is us not getting paid for it. So I would... It doesn't make sense to them to pay us. They they don't... They they would like to laugh at it. They're like, wait, you want money? (laughs) You want, like, benefits? Wait, what? You want recognition? What praise? It's oh, so, good. It's it's so many sets I've been on that are like, you get a lot of exposure, uh, and we'll pay for your 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 meals and your gas, but you know this is an unpaid opportunity. But you know you'll be working with Pharrell and Sierra, but it, it's gonna be unpaid. And then I would go and 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 every single time I swear to God, every single set, the few sets I've been on, the head. Uh, stylist, wardrobe, costumer, whatever you want to call her, is either white or Asian or South Asian or Persian. And, and it's like, okay, so this is an urban shoot. It's hip-hop and R&B. You're the expert. And, and this is not to knock immigrants, but it, it's just really weird to me how how are you going to skip over an entire race of people who created the damn thing and not pay them and then someone who is from someplace else or maybe like first generation then pay them like it's just like that's the part that I don't get and you really want to get deep with it is the Civil Rights Act is what created the Immigration Act so you want to go all the way way back the reason that we've, we've become an immigration nation is because of the blood, sweat, and tears of Black people marching. All of that. We died. We, you know, we got beat up. All of that fun stuff from the 60s led to the Civil Rights Act. And then, like, a few short years after that was the Immigration Act, which hadn't been changed since 1924. So, the full for me, the full circle is like, okay you're here because of black people you're now getting paid for black culture but black people still aren't 
getting paid for it. Like, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm really glad that Misa is running MCM. They are having these talks. We wouldn't have a Kirby, Gene, Raymond if it wasn't for these people. They're giving birth to all these new designers and costumers. And, and you know, the uh, main stylist for Beyonce, Selena Akers, that's another success story. Like, obviously, every year is better. It's just kind of like, it's just slow, you know? So slow. So damn slow. You know, um, and then uh, what? And what's the deal with Cardi B? Like, Cardi B is she a queen and amazing? Her, I love her. She's queen and amazing. She's queen and amazing. But is she um, um, an African? Yes, she is. Okay, because I just want to make sure that I'm. I, I like Cardi. I think I listen to her from a distance. I just want to make sure that essentially sometimes in the Latinx community it's like but even in like Dominican Republic they're like I'm not I have no connection to African ancestry I'm this. And so I just wanted to ask that question again because I think that's some of the issues you know that you know she keeps getting canceled and uncanceled and canceled I hate cancel culture because people just need to ask the questions that they need to ask and ask why um don't put celebrities on a pedestal don't expect anything from them their job is to entertain um not to have discourse that's what Cornel West is for that's what, for, what Michelle Obama is for please don't expect you know political advice from celebrities. Okay, I was just making sure that there was some identity, some connection that she felt, you know, to the culture. Um, they did not need to have that damn Kylie Kardashian. I loved it. In the video. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was surprising. It was shocking. It upset people. I loved it. We needed it. It was amazing. How dare she? What did you love about it? How dare she? (laughs) I just, I just like, it was just ridiculous. It it was just ridiculous. It was just spectacle. Like, there was no reason for her to be there, but to be there. Yeah. 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 See, when we talk about why black girls are not getting their um, getting credit, getting paid, and then you have them that absorb the culture and cherry pick it and make money off of it. And she doesn't have a talent, so they just only show her walking because she cannot sing or rap or dance. So that's all she could have done is basically model through the video, and that I have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, and black men are not mixed baby factories. Just want to say that for the record. Please don't try to harvest our DNA constantly so that you can have pretty mixed babies. Don't fetishize us. Um, that's my stance on, on Kylie Kylie and friends. <laughs> Kanye. Um, and, and meanwhile, it's like Normani's over here singing, dancing, doing splits. And it's There's like, space for uh, Normani. We love Normani too. Normani too. But let, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Since we're on to, and, and mind you, a lot of the looks in that video, again, go back to Misa, go back to June Ambrose, 
you know um anyway <laughs> monochromatic wigs and matchy matchy outfits um this whole thing with Megan Thee Stallion getting shot in, in both feet do you think if Kylie was shot in both feet she would have received uh the same response oh yeah are you kidding? Yeah. Hell no, she wouldn't. If she's a white woman, she would have not have received this. Yes, she would have. Response as Megan. She would not have. What, okay, Megan, what, what response are you women. talking about? Like, what was the response for Megan the Stallion? The response, first of all, is a lot of joking around a black woman getting shot. Like, bullets are no joke. Mm-hmm. It's painful. It's also life threatening. Um, it was like, well, Neil, whoever, who started the Dave Chappelle show with Dave, was like, uh, oh, she's a stallion. She has stallion in her name. She's a stallion, so she could take it. She's like a horse. Don't, like, please don't compare black women to animals. Please don't do that. Um, she was, she doesn't have a right to feel hurt emotionally, physically. If Kylie Jenner breaks a nail, there's a candlelight vigil outside. I promise you, if one of them, if Kim gets shot in the foot, you don't, you don't think that people are not going to lose their mind and be gentle and be empathetic towards that. If she, you think that that they're going to make jokes about Kylie getting shot? Yeah. With real bullets. Yeah. I don't think so at all because she's white and she's, you know, it, it, it's, it's just not going to be the same. They only talk. There's, there's only a lack of empathy when it comes to black women. That's why we die when we have babies. That's like why we die in our homes while we're asleep. There's no thought about our bodies and protecting them and making sure they're safe and secure. That's just me, though. But I did not I hope the petition passed and they take her out. We don't need her. Black people, if you're listening to this black women, we do not need the help of Kardashians. There, I said it. <laughs> we don't. I believe you. <laughs> Please take her out of that video. Bye. Um. Any other thoughts on remix? Oh, Black Creative. I loved it. Black it was inspiring. More, I was most excited about it being produced by women, for women, by women, about women. That's rare. That, this is a unicorn of a project. I just want everybody to realize that this is a unicorn of a project. This never happens. No one ever looks at black and brown girls and say, hey, I'm going to give you money to make a movie. And you can talk about women. And you can also hire pretty much all women. This does not happen. So this is why I really wanted to talk about this and I hope this isn't a trend because of Me Too, Time's Up or Black Lives Matter. I just hope that this is no longer the anomaly that this becomes the norm. I agree. This change needs to happen. Alright. And on that note, Until next time, everybody, peace. Bye.